Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Riverfront. This is episode number 439 of the world's most dangerous podcast. I'm your host, Chad Dotson, with me again this week. Uh, ready for a fun time talking about this, uh, you know, this Reds team that is making my hair turn prematurely gray. It's uh, it's it's Nate Dotson. How are you, Nate? Well, at least you have hair that can turn gray, sir. So just rub that in, at least for a little while longer. Chad, I am lovely. Baseball's hot out there right now. There's a lot going on, even if not in Reds land. But a buddy of mine did send me a link to an NPR article today that announced the finalists of the Child Mullet Championships. So that's pretty fun. It's a guy See named that, yes. There's a kid named Epic, which I now know what I'm naming my future kids. So it's been it's been a big day. It's been a huge day. No, yeah, there's plenty to talk about though uh, in in Reds land. And I will say this though, because you mentioned about the hair. Um, it, most of the vast majority of our uh, viewers are actually listen listen to audio podcasts still. I mean, that's you know where some uh, some have transitioned over to YouTube, and that's great. We we smash that subscribe button on uh, on YouTube. You have consent to smash the subscribe button, but um, the vast majority are still audio, which is great. We love you guys. Thanks for sticking with us uh, through the years. Uh, what I like about it is two things. Number one, the audio uh, listeners can't uh, can't see your bald head. But the YouTube, but they also don't know that on YouTube, I'm wearing a, a cap every week. And the reason I do that is so that people can't see my rapidly uh, decreasing uh, hair. Uh, so anyway, uh, can we talk about the Reds instead of talking about uh, the fact that uh, <laughs> that our hairlines are not... <laughs> Equal, equally interesting topics? Let's go. Well, the, the th- way I wanted to start out this week on the uh, on the show first of all i had a had a blast last week on our field of dreams yeah. uh, game live episode that was fun wasn't it surprisingly fun not that it, i didn't think it was gonna be fun <laughs> but i had more even more fun than i expected wow hard. talking is hard just ask nick crawl i'm telling you that's true that's true um no, it was fun, you know, and it was, it was, I don't know, you know, uh, we, we decided to do it because we thought it might be fun to, to watch that game. And, um, and there's something to be said to be able to listen to the broadcast, I guess, but whatever. I thought it was fun for us to watch it together in real time, enjoy it. And, well, it and that's what I wrote about. It was really special. I thought, well, actually, go ahead. You go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I, that's what I wrote about for the magazine this week, Cincinnati Magazine this week. And if you're not reading everything I write at Cincinnati Magazine, by the way, or we can call them there, what are you even doing with your life? Everything I write there is gold, Jerry. It's gold. Well, this week I wrote about the Field of Dreams game and about how, yes, the Reds are having a bad season, but none of that mattered during that Field of Dreams game. I don't care that they're in a battle for last place with the team they played that that night. It was just something uh, better about it. It's it's uh, it's again, I can get gooey on us, and I did a little bit last week, but it's everything that to me is right about baseball. And I was really happy that our team was in it. Now, where were you going there, Nate? I was just going to sort of echo some of that sentiment. I mean, I think it was the most fun that I've had um, with this Reds team since opening day, which is, you know, another magical time for all baseball fans. You know, it's when every team has got a chance to make the playoffs and all the, uh, the optimism and the romance of baseball, it kind of filters out. Um, But oftentimes it sort of, at least, for most seasons in my life, it filters out pretty quickly after opening day. So you keep watching because we love the Reds, we love baseball, but that sort of romance and wonderment sort of dwindles a little bit 
as the season goes on. Having this right here in the heart of August, um, Reds are on the national stage. And to get a little gooey with you, watching it with you, who I had plenty of those catches with growing up, it was it was a special time. And I loved having Joey mic'd up. I loved the uniforms, the pageantry of the whole thing. Reading all the quotes about the experiences that the players had was really, really telling that it was just as important to them as right. it is to anybody watching it. So cool. Yeah, no, I've heard, I've said it, I guess, probably. You can probably find where I've said this about it. the cynical side of it. It's like, oh, you know, this is the most fun we can have as a Reds fan because they're awful, you know. But forget it. Forget. I don't care where they are in the standings. Just on its own, this was, and I don't like, I don't like uh, complimenting Major League Baseball at all, but on its own, it was just a, a great thing. The fact the players were absolutely having a blast. That's fun to me. You know, we watch these guys every night, and I, yeah, this Cincinnati Reds team is a bunch of obscure guys, but, um, you know, most nights, I, are they having fun? I don't know. Uh, and why should that, should, be, should that be important to me? I, I don't know that answer either. Uh, but it was fun to watch as they were kind of, looking around and kind of enjoying the wonderment of it all like we were. And, um, and, and to me, you can put aside the fact that the Reds and Cubs are not good baseball teams com in comparison to the rest of the league because while this game counted in the standings, it was about so much more than that. You know, Joey Votto, who we are, uh, alas, going to spend some time talking about here in a moment, but he had a great thread about what it meant to him, you know, his dad, the, the movie meant to him with his dad. And, and, and you're right. You and I, uh, growing up, I'm a, a little bit older than you. And we've had catches as you were, uh, you know, um, we did a lot, uh, you know, had catches with our dad. Um, I've had catches with my, my son and my daughter. And, um, and I actually, if you want to, uh, if you're, if you're one of our audio listeners and you want to see, uh, my ugly mug, you can actually go to that Cincinnati magazine piece. And it's a picture of, of me with both my kids, uh, one father's day, a minor league team. It was the Tennessee Smokies. We didn't identify that, but uh, down in uh, Sevierville, Tennessee. But uh, we went to a game there, and because before the game or after the game, I guess it was, you could come out on the field on Father's Day and have a catch. And so there's a picture of me have you know having a catch with my son and my daughter, and you know they're older than now. And I don't know. It just it, I like these opportunities. The Reds haven't given us many opportunities to be excited, but. I love this game so much. It reminded me why I first fell in love with this game. It reminded me that baseball at its best is better than any sport in America. And, um, and it's because of the beauty of the game It's because of the way it's, it's weaved into our national story, right? The national pastime, but it's also because of that family element that so many of us have with your mother, your father, your, your, uh, brothers, your sisters, your, your um, <laughs> And for me personally, uh, you know, um, it just it it was everything that I love about this sport. And I can't say that I'm more excited about what the Reds are going to do in 2022, but I'm absolutely way more. It reminded me why I felt reminded me why I fell in love with this game, and um, it was a great reminder that I I think I needed to be honest with you. And so that, <laughs> I rambled there a little bit, but I'll let you if there's anything else you want to say about that. Well, the, uh, the unforeseen bonus of this game is that there's a lot of great video and a lot of good pictures circulating out there. And it allows me to, when I eventually have children, God willing, take some of those pictures and convince my son, because he's going to be young and dumb, that Joey Votto was also really good in the 1919 World Series. <laughs> and he right, needs right. to learn more about that. 
Uh, great uniforms. Uh, the the Votto interview you mentioned was fantastic. Um, I loved how he, he came prepared with an anecdote for one of the announcers, John Smoltz, you know, from when Smoltz was a – when Votto was a rookie and it was, I think, Smoltz's last season. Uh, I don't know. It just – we talked about a lot about last week and we don't need to dive too much into it. You know, the Reds lost, obviously. But um, – <laughs> But it was just, it was, it was uh, magical is not the right word, but I don't know, man, for a, a gooey is. baseball fan like me, it was kind of magical. Yeah, I, I, I hope they, I hope MLB decides to do a whole lot more of that kind of thing. I mean, I understand why they can't have a whole series there. It's a business and I don't think they sell, you know, enough tickets to make it happen as expensive as they were. But more things like that, less just blatant, you know, let's, let's stop juicing the balls and let's spend our time and energy. You know, having having fun events to actually get people to fall back in love with this game. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great point that, I, and I hadn't really thought about necessarily in that context. Which, but but baseball, Major League Baseball, since spend so much time, uh, you know, uh, we got to market, uh, you know, camouflage caps, and we got to, you know, uh, different types of jerseys for you to buy, and it's just all so cynical most of the time. But here was something where they can remind everyone in this day and age why baseball is important in, in this country. Listen, my in-laws, uh, you, you've met my in-laws, I, I presume, uh, Nate. Uh, fantastic people. Not sports fans, not baseball fans. If you uh, follow me on Twitter, you know sometimes uh, I, I go to Thanksgiving dinner there and have to live tweet the, uh, the auto auction that's playing instead of football. Wonderful people. <laughs> For the second straight year, they watched the, the Field of Dreams game. Literally the only game they've watched in the last two years, other than ones where their uh, their grandson was grand, grandson was playing. Yes, um, that's that's my son. He plays baseball. He's way better than I was. Um, if they will sit and watch that instead of Dateline or whatever else is on, that told me that there's something there. I maybe maybe it's appealing though to the older generation, not the kids, but. My son was telling me about the uh, Instagram highlights that were everywhere mm -hmm. uh, about it the next day that it was all over. So it's it, there's there's something there, I, you know, and, and and they're not this. This could be the last all, uh, Field of Dreams game. They, they don't have a contract to go past this year. And I, I can't believe they're not going to figure it out because it's such a special thing. So I think they will eventually. But, yeah, I'm with you. They need to be doing this every year. I don't care who the teams are. Just it's a special thing. Boy, I'm, I'm Rob, being... Rob Manfred, do the right thing. Give us more of this. Don't be a turd. Don't be a turd, Rob. That's the title of this episode. <laughs> no, it's not. Um, let's talk briefly, if we could, because this is the way we usually start out many of these shows, about the results of the games from the last week. The Reds have won only two of their last nine games. But who cares? Because on the most recent one, Wednesday afternoon, Jose Barrero, walk-off win. Nick Lodola looks great. The Reds are back, baby. If you Alexis just look at that last Diaz week. is a stallion. Is he not, though? I mean... Yeah, he kind of is. You know, in, in, in the game we're talking about, the Wednesday afternoon victory over the, uh, the Phillies that uh, uh, gave the Reds... Uh, one win out of the uh, the three-game series. They only won one game of the three-game series with the Cubs as well. Uh, both uh, the series finale. Who cares? I don't care. Um, <laughs> I just, all I know is that Jose Barrero, who swings at every off-speed pitch, if that ball is 
curves a little bit. It doesn't matter where it goes. He swings. Maybe we'll talk about that at some point. I'm getting a little bit um, frustrated is not the right word, but I'm disappointed at the that he has not improved more in that area. Uh, and that's going to be the key to whether he gets to stick because there's some guys knocking down the door behind him. Um, Lodolo looked good. And uh, seven innings from Lodolo and then two innings from Alexis Diaz. Um, Alexis Diaz. Let's, let's take a moment here. So, someone in our, uh, we do this Patreon thing, patreon.com slash riverfrontcnc, and we have this really active Slack channel. If you don't know what Slack is, go look it up. It's it's basically our own little private uh, message board where we all talk. And someone posted, I wish I remembered who, posted uh, the recent stats for for uh, Alexis Diaz. And they're incredible. Abs- I, I wish I'd have pulled it up. Incredible. It was somebody, uh, Skyler Webker, uh, Thank you. posted a tweet from Bobby Nightingale. It says, Reds reliever Alexis Diaz since the start of July. 16 and a third innings pitched, six hits, one earned run, six walks, 27 strikeouts, and a .55 ERA. Now, that's amazing. And first of all, Skylar Webker is not my buddy. He, he's yours, Nate, but not mine. I don't like that guy. He I'll take me. you, Skylar. like your hat game. <laughs> congratulations but what else? on the recent birth of your child. <laughs> yes, yes, congratulations. Absolutely. Uh, it, it, what's the name of that child? Was it uh, was it Epic? <laughs> Epic Aristides Webker. <laughs> um, what else? What else did that say there? Uh, Alexis Diaz is amazing, but there's another reliever that yikes. Alexis's older brother Edwin Diaz, since the start of July, 18 innings pitched, three hits, no runs. Three walks, 37 strikeouts, and obviously a 0.000 ERA. Now, as an incredibly talented, charismatic, well-beloved by the masses, but less talented little brother, I get where Alexis is coming from right now. <laughs> so I'm the Edwin in this relationship, you're saying. You are the Edwin. You got the great walkout music. You got the whole – you like New York way better than I do. Give me Cincinnati. True. I'm more of a country boy. It's true. <laughs> Um, that's unreal. Yeah. Yeah. Edwin Diaz is amazing. I mean, it's incredible, but the Reds bullpen has been garbage for as long as we can remember back to the, uh, you know, the early days of the country, um, when they were bringing relievers up to the mound in, uh, Conestoga wagons. See, that never happened. I, I, I don't know what I'm talking about, but Alexis Diaz seems to me, okay, here, here I'm going to get gooey a little bit, but he looks like a future closer. He has the pedigree. TJ Antone, Lucas Sims come back. Uh, maybe next. I don't know. I'm trying to convince myself about next year, but but no, he's 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 a really uh, uh been he's been to me the highlight of the season in terms of someone that came out of nowhere in some ways. Mm-hmm. To he's been the best surprise of the season. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I agree completely. I was I was going to make him my pretend favorite player just because you know Puerto Rican family. My soon to be wife is Puerto Rican family and. I'm trying to get in there with my in-laws any way that I can. So I thought Alexis Diaz might be that olive branch. But um, he's been outstanding. What impresses me the most is that he doesn't really know how to pitch yet. Like, he, he's throwing more than he's pitching because he's super young. You know, he's a rookie. He um, His stuff is so filthy that he doesn't have to locate it perfectly yet or even that well. The hitters are just completely baffled. 
anytime something with movement comes up there, he runs it up there in the upper upper nineties on his fastball. I think, you know, health, you know, pray to the gods, but he has the makings of a an elite top top end back end reliever. And the Reds yeah, haven't had too many of those really just ever, you know, since well, one Chad, guy I mean, we don't but, talk about anymore. Yeah, that guy. That guy. Sorry, I talked about him. I forgot that was the rule. Um, yeah, and this may be us getting uh, out over our skis a little bit. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he, he's he, once he refines what he can do, if he's able to refine. And let's be clear, it's hard to do at the big league level. Mm-hmm. Because the, the, the batters get paid, too. Um, that's what I heard. I can't remember who I, who I was. I saw that, but they, they said that uh, this was back in the 70s or something, and, and some hitter was like uh, in a slump, and his, his teammate said to him, you know, the pitchers, they, they drive a Mercedes too. <laughs> They're pretty good as well, you know. Um, but, no, he's been, he's been fantastic. So uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about about the games this week, again, we don't want to get too much into the results because – but we did have the return to Cincinnati of one Nick Castellanos. We did indeed. And he got a good uh, uh, a good uh, reception from the uh, the, the four thousand fans in attendance at that first game of the series, and uh, but but a good reception from uh, an ovation, nice ovation. And I like that the Reds, you know, played his walk up music when he came up as a Philly. I thought that was a classy touch. And uh, and then of course inevitably people yell at me, yeah, well he sucks for the Phillies, so who cares that he's gone? Okay. <laughs> Nick Cassianos is better than the random quadruple A outfield of the Reds are running out there in his place. Uh, I would rather have him, but whatever. People are too concerned about how much he, he makes. So, um, but anyway, it was nice to see Nick Cassianos back. I'm always going to have uh, you know, sort of uh, fond memories of him as a Red because he was. Has there ever always been a more beloved Red that spent less time in Cincinnati? Um. That's a good, that's a that's a really good question because the guys I think about are like kind of bit pieces like uh, you you probably don't remember Chris Steins very much but he they loved Chris Steins in Cincinnati but he was no good and he, so he wasn't here very long yeah the Ryan Frills the gritty types the 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 Kyle Far- I mean I'm sorry no uh, Chris Steins yeah <laughs> <laughs> well no you know what Kyle Farmer well but Kyle Farmer and uh, Ryan Frill both in Cincinnati longer than yeah. than uh, Castellanos um, really we're talking about one season plus the uh, you know the the uh, pandemic shortened season. So one and a half, really. Um, I don't know. Uh, That's a I, I debate for another time. It is, it is, it was, but it was good to see him back. And, and he had some comments that we've kind of echoed on this show about how, wow, Cincinnati's fans are amazing, but too bad that, you know, ownership mm-hmm. won't give him a team. I mean, he, he's been pretty open on that, but I thought it was, I thought it was, I don't know. Thank you, Nick, for, uh, for echoing what we're saying. He must be a fan of the show. He must. He must be right. That's what's the most frustrating thing about this whole thing with the, with the Castellinis is just that Reds fans are amazing. We have we have people all over the world, as, as we'll discuss here soon. But um, all over the world, listen to the show every week. Um, Reds fans are pretty amazing in a lot of ways, even after all the crap that's been dumped on them. So one day, though, we're gonna. We're gonna, you you know, we're to gonna be amazing. To enjoy it. You have to be amazing to be a Reds fan. It's in the job description. This is not a, uh, a community for the weak-minded and soft-hearted. That's a fact. That's a fact. So anyway, 
thanks to all of you. I, we could not survive uh, without, <laughs> without our Riverfront family because, yikes, it's been a wild time. All right, so um, I, that's about all that I think we need to talk about. Uh, the Reds are currently in fourth place, uh, 19 games out of first. They do not, are not playing tonight as we're recording this. And so let's not talk anymore about the current week's games, but we do need to talk about the big week. Joseph Daniel Votto. I don't want to, but we do have to discuss the fact that this week it was announced that Joey Votto, Reds Hall of Fame first baseman, most amazing Canadian slash American in history. It's true. Is going to have season ending surgery on his shoulder. Uh, Rotator cuff tear. Uh, had the surgery. He's going to have the surgery tomorrow, Friday. So most of you all will be listening to this on Friday. Um, you know, uh, it's 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 kind of a. There are a lot of things we have to talk about. We have some questions. You never want to see Votto uh, hurt. Obviously, you never want to see him have a season end. The fact that it's coming on the on the heels of his longest streak of on on baseless games, <laughs> longest streak <laughs> of not getting on base in his career. Um, uh, that's all I'm going to say. Nate, any thoughts before we get into our questions? Get well soon. Um, I, I think that we have harped over and over and over again, even in our preseason, you know, sort of predictions. That even we knew if this team was going to be bad, the one thing to watch, the one real reason to tune in every day was going to be Joey Votto and chasing whatever milestones he's chasing. So this stinks. It stinks really badly. It stinks finding out that he did it seven years ago. And it stinks knowing that he – this has been going on a while, and he has played through it, played through this pain daily for a long, long time with little to no thinks or effort or just kindness at all from the front office. What, what has he gotten for his efforts? Sure, money, right? He's got a big contract, but his performance got him that contract. He stuck right. it out and played through. And I hate that. Uh, yeah, I guess we'll get into it in some of these questions, but I'm hopeful that this is not the end. Yeah, you know, the Cincinnati Inquirer is uh, what some folks used to refer to as a newspaper. And um, they hired Paul Doherty, was their columnist. And uh, so he. Re- retired and they hired a new guy. I'm not going to mention his name. Um, he's a hack, but, um, his piece, I shouldn't say that. I apologize. I don't really apologize. Um, they, he wrote a piece about whether this is the end of the road for Votto, you know, trying to, trying to make a hot take. So I kind of countered with, uh, the fact that with my hot take that Joe Votto is going to be on the all-star team next year uh, by the way if the Cincinnati Enquirer needs a columnist I've been writing a column for the last uh, eight seasons of Cincinnati Magazine um, I'll do the job and do it way better um, and I will accept it <laughs> um, actually I don't know if I'd accept it Cincinnati Magazine is good to me they let me write whatever I want to write they don't care if the Reds get mad they don't care if the owners get mad the Enquirer you, cares do you want to write for a publication that would hire that hack <laughs> good point <laughs> Good point. Although I'm a hack too. So, um, qualified. Yeah. So, no, I, I, I was going to say that I, I'd be happy to take that job. But um, now that I think about it, I'm not quite so sure because Cincinnati Magazine just 
they don't care. They love when I make the Reds mad. They don't love it, but they don't they don't get upset if the owner's mad. Um, and they've heard feedback about the owner being mad about some of the things I've written, which is awesome. Love it. But we're not going there. Let's answer some of these questions because I think it helps us get to the, the heart of what's so disappointing yeah. and so sad about the fact that Joey Votto is uh, is injured. Now, these questions, uh, the first couple of them anyway, come from our friends at patreon.com slash riverfrontsensi. That's patreon.com slash riverfrontsensi, where you too can support the show, be part of the family. We encourage you to do that. First from our buddy, Seth Shaner. Seth asks this. With the Joey Votto news, I'm feeling like Rose in Titanic when Jack needlessly remained in the frigid water and slipped into the abyss. Celine Dion's My Heart Will Go On is not reassuring, and I'm not sure I will be okay. Please help me figure out how to pick up the pieces, and if you try to assuage me with the word haul. Remember when the Reds got a bunch of, got a, got a great haul at the, at the trade deadline? I don't know if we can be friends. We only have so many opportunities to watch Joey Votto, and they have decreased by a ton with yesterday's news. You started a hint on that, but that's the worst part about this, right? That Joey Votto has limited days left. We don't have many. And this this gives us fewer opportunities to uh, enjoy yep. his play. Yep, it stinks. I'm trying to figure out who is who in the uh, the Jack and Rose analogy up there. I'm assuming that Seth is the one still on the raft while you know Joey's you know, opportunities as a red are are floating away. But you know, I I, I don't see him being done after this season. So. This is not only are we deprived of getting to see him a lot more in a Reds uniform, it increases the likelihood that we're going to see him in a different uniform, which I also don't want. It's heartbreaking. I don't think um, there's many superstars, many Hall of Famers out there whose front office and ownership did did less for them. Yeah, absolutely. No facts to back that up. No, it's true. It's absolutely 100% true. It's uh, no question about it. Uh, and I, I'm not going to do any research to prove that either. Uh, f- uh, first thing, um, obviously Joey is is Jack because Rose in Titanic was the worst. <laughs> there was plenty of room on that door that was floating in the middle of the ocean. There was plenty of room for her to let Jack on there. And she was like, Sorry. Can't make room for you. You need to go die. Spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> so Joey's obviously the nice guy there, but I don't want to think about Joey dying in the frigid waters of the uh, of the Atlantic. Um, I'm going to the next question. I'm going to cry. Uh, I will say this: if the Reds could trade Joey Votto in the offseason for a haul, Seth, please, yes, we need more shortstops and. I need some prospects that are ranked really highly. Please give me those prospects. Yeah. I need I need those prospects. I see. I saw some people on Twitter day or two ago getting really excited about some dude hitting a single in high A. So, uh, dude, you know, I we mean, have that, we can't fad. Oh, that's exciting. Here we go. Stop. We're getting cynical. Let's not do that. <laughs> no halls, Seth. We want Joey. Uh, next question comes from our buddy Woo the Reds. That is Woo the Reds. Something I've been thinking about in return, in, in regards to Joey Votto, even more so with the injury news. Does he announce before the end of next season that 2023 is his final season? That's the final season on his contract. There's an option there. But does he announce before the end of next season that 2023 is his final season? 
giving Reds fans a farewell moment? Or will he still wish to play somewhere in 2024 after the Reds buy out the final year of his contract? So, uh, Woo's uh, uh, presuming, and I think probably a good presumption, that the Reds are not going to pick up that option in 2024. So, that 2023 next season would be the last season of Joey Votto in a Reds uniform. Now, I can't claim to have inside information. Um, I will say that, uh, you know, I, uh, when, I, when I interviewed Joey Votto during the offseason, or during spring training, I guess, for the piece that I wrote for the magazine. Um, again, I, I, I'm not claiming I have some kind of inside knowledge of Joey or that he's my buddy or, I mean, we're buddies. We're clearly buddies. We play, uh, we play call of duty, uh, every night. We're um, friends. Yeah. I know it's Fortnite. Last night we played Fortnite. Um, <laughs> but Joey pushed back Joey, Mr. Votto. I'm sorry. We're not friends. I can't call him Joey. <laughs> uh, Mr. Votto, pushed back on me every single time I tried to ask questions about his place in Reds history or tried to get him to look at his career overall. And every single time he said, I'm not done. I'm not finished yet. Now, does that change because he's had such a, a, a rough year? Um, the injury, does that change? I don't know, but uh, I don't think he's done. And so if next year's the last, I don't know. He will, I don't think he will announce next year's his last year because I don't think he wants next year to be his last year. What do you think, Nate? Yeah, I agree. I think he's already in all likelihood working. You know, he's got surgery tomorrow. I think he knows when it's supposed to be healed. I think he has his off-season regimen already worked out. He knows how he's going to beat the expected timetable for his return. I think he fully intends to come back next year better than ever and put up an all-star caliber year because that's how he seems to be wired and how he's always been wired. I think that Joey loves the competition, the game of baseball. He's the most hardworking, detail-oriented, um, cerebral athlete that we've seen in Cincinnati in a long, long time, maybe ever. I don't, I don't think he has any designs on hanging it up. I think I would put the likelihood, if I was a betting man, I would put all my money on him playing past 2023. Yeah, he uh, he doesn't want to go out with a whimper like pretty much every baseball player does. I think I, he could also just stop it. He doesn't want to go out. There you <laughs> go. I, this, based on listening to him talk, he just it doesn't seem like retirement is anywhere near his plans. Yeah, no, I, I think he would very much like to finish his career in Cincinnati. I think that's important to him. But if he's not ready to call it quits and some team's willing to uh, give him a uniform, I think he's one of these guys that is just going to be, you're going to have to pull the, the uniform off me because I have so much of a belief in myself that I'm going to I'm going to uh, figure it out at some point. Okay. Again, and, and this was my response to uh, the nonsense piece in the Inquirer was that I will never again doubt Joey Votto. Okay. Uh, he's I doubted him once. I will not do it again because he always comes back. I think he believes he's going to come back. Someday he's not going to be able to make that comeback. He's just not. You yeah. know, uh, it, it may be when he's 62 years old. I don't know, but uh, it may be now. I mean, we don't know, but he's not going to concede that until some team is not willing to give him a uniform. So I just don't uh, 
I don't see it. I, I just don't see it happening. Uh, woo. I don't think, I don't think we're going to get that farewell tour. Um, uh, I, I just, I just don't. Um, yeah, I, I have a suspicion that whenever Joey Votto retires, it's going to be because he woke up one day and he knew that was it. It's like something happened, something clicked. I woke up and I know that my time is done. It's not going to be a, a year in advance. Yeah. At some point he's going to be like, I can't do this anymore. Maybe, um, I don't think he thinks that time is anytime soon. I think he thinks he can contribute. And you know what? Go look at his stats from last season and tell me that guy can't contribute. Um, let's go to this next question. This is a pretty good question, uh, Nate. This one does not come from, uh, well, it comes from our buddy uh, Dave Magrum. You pronounce that Magrum? Magrum? I can go with Magrum. Like Magrum. All right, Dave, if that's wrong, uh, let us know. Here's what Dave asks. Good day, gents. You must have thought there were going to be different hosts today. Uh, neither of us are, are gentlemen. I have been listening to your podcast since somewhere around episode 230-something. Okay, where were you before that, though, Dave? We were out here grinding it out for 230-some episodes. Where were you? Sorry, that's that's really a rude I think thing to we're say. Gonna, we're going to find out where it was. <laughs> we are going to find out if, we keep re- if you shut up and keep reading, Dotson. You keep me in touch with the Reds, and I love it. We I'm love in the Air you. Force. We do, we do love you, Dave. I'm in the Air Force and often away from home. In the past three years, I have spent 18 months overseas and away from the family. Kudos. Thank you so much for your service, Dave. Really do appreciate that. So when I say you guys keep me in touch with the Reds, I mean it. Question, in short, is Joey done trying? So the question. I just returned home from a little base in Qatar. Chad, please don't hate. All right, now, I read this the first time, and I was like, well, why does he think I would hate that he's been in Qatar? Chad Dodson, known Qatar hater. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I've met one person from there, and he was delightful. I met him in, in Rome, of all places. He was he was delightful. Um, but then I kept reading, so I know why he was hating. I just returned home from a little base in Qatar. I was dying to take my kids to see a game, so we went. No, I don't hate you for that. I've never said... Uh, that I'm mad at you if you go to what I'm boycotting and I do encourage as many to boycott as you want. But you know what? If you got a kid that wants to go to a ball game, you got a chance to take him to a ball game, you go. Period. Point blank. So we wanted to see a game. We went, saw them lose to the Phillies on Monday night. Watching the great Joseph Daniel Votto step up to the plate and swing at the first pitch every time and then just head back to the dugout was pretty painful. But as I've been listening lately, that's becoming a trend. Ever since the trade deadline, is Joey making a statement? He just seems to be, quote-unquote, present to me. He's there, but not really the hard-charging, making plays, Votto, that I'm used to. What say you guys? I'd love for you to tell me I'm crazy, just being paranoid, or even better for Joey to just start smashing baseballs again. Have a great day. Thank you. Uh, here, My answer to that, Nate, and then I'll let you uh, address it, is that Joey, first of all, there's two things. Number one, he's been hurt, as we learn now. He's been injured. And so that's that's part of it. The other part is Joey is constant tinkering, trying to figure out what's wrong, trying to fix it. He's not this guy that just keeps doing the same thing over and over. So if you've seen him pressing lately, I think that's probably true. He has been pressing. Uh, but it's in in the context of him trying to figure out what's what he needs to fix to get back to where he was. It's not because he's quit trying or because he doesn't care anymore. I, I, I'm telling you, 100% that's not the case. That's not the Joey Votto that, that we've seen over the last 10 years uh, plus. Um, there's no question in my mind. No, Everyone that knows Joey Votto would tell you that's not who Joey Votto is. So he might have been pressing. He might have been doing things he, we don't like to see him do. 
but I think it's only in the in the sense of he's trying to he's trying to fix it. Um, we'll see you, Nate. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that's yeah. The the answer was in the question you said when you watched him head back to the dugout. It's pretty painful. It was really really painful for Joey. He was literally in lots of pain. Um, listen to John Sadak on our buddies over at Late Night Reds was saying that Joey works more than anybody, not just harder, more than anybody else on the team. He has extra batting practice sessions on the field, in the cage. No, I think that um, any anything we noticed was an issue of him trying to work through his struggles and also work through this pain. And it became too much. It became so much that literally the, you know, the hardest grinder on the team had to choose to call it quits for the season. And you can and you can imagine from Joey's perspective, do I keep trying to battle through it because I'm Joey Votto and I you know I believe in myself or and and because even Joey has to know his time is dwindling, or do I get that surgery to give me an opportunity to come back in the spring ready to really show everyone that I'm still Joey Votto? And I don't know, I'm not going to doubt him. I, 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 it was a hot take about him being on the All Star team last year, but if Joey Votto's on the National League All Star team last year because he's earned his way onto the team. Will anyone be surprised? I won't be. A lot of the morons in my mentions will be, but I won't be. So, go Joey. We love you. Um, before we answer some more questions, I do have to say, uh, first of all, Dave, thank you, man. Again, appreciate your service, but also thanks for reaching out and uh, and asking a question. You're all welcome to – you can find our email address on the uh, in the show notes if you want to reach out that way. Uh, we, we're going to try to hopefully we'll get some some Twitter questions tonight. We try to answer some on questions on Twitter as well, some questions on Twitter as well. But also, Patreon is the best way to get get to us. But you don't have to you don't have to give us any money. Although you know that's that's cool if you do. I'm um, thinking about recreating the uh, the classic Burt Reynolds on a bearskin rug photo. So Patreon <laughs> only, <laughs> just oh five dollars a month. Oh man. See, if I'd have said that, uh, we would have lost subscribers. So, lost patrons. Only time um, will tell. Let's talk quickly, if if we can, about um, Eric Davis. <laughs> Boy, we're we're going back to the '80s now. Reaching. The reason I say Eric Davis is you mentioned uh, the Reds broadcast, and uh, by the way, you also mentioned late night Reds. Why would you do that on the show? I thought we hated those guys. Didn't we pretend to hate them there for a while? Hey, that's that's your pretend beef, not mine. Oh, right. Yeah, I pretended to hate them for a while. No, <laughs> for, smash our subscribe button after you're done. Go over to their YouTube channel and smash the late night red subscribe button as well. They're they're, they're good guys, um, who really care about the Reds. But Eric Davis, he was a player for the Reds that some of you may have heard of. He was a really good player. Um, he was uh, he got, he merited a chapter in the Big Fifty. The minute moments that made the Cincinnati Reds because his 1987 season was amazing. Well, he was on the broadcast the other night. Oh, look at it. What, what? If you're not on YouTube, you can't see that Nate actually has a copy of not read it, but he has a copy of. Uh, open up uh, the front of that. Like new. Uh, do you have an, uh, an author autograph? Oh, yikes. Nope. Couldn't even get an autograph from my own brother and best friend, Chris Garber. Ooh. Well, Eric Davis <laughs> uh, is my best friend uh, in. You know, when I in my little pretend land, and um, he came on the broadcast. It was uh, it was Sadak. I think it was Sadak, but uh, who's I love Sadak. People hate Sadak on Twitter. I don't understand it. Do. Most He's underrated great. broadcaster in the country. He's fantastic. Love Sadak. Um, by the way, well, no, we'll talk offline about Sadak, but <laughs> but it's all good. Love the guy. He's great. Um, but um, 
Eric Davis came on and Barry Larkin was uh, in the, in the booth and uh, Barry Larkin, you know, when you talk about broadcasters, what I can say about Barry Larkin is he's the best uh, red shortstop I've ever, uh, best shortstop I've ever seen. He's a great shortstop. That's what I say about him as a broadcaster. Um, <laughs> and he is literally my favorite baseball player of all time. Well, Eric Davis joined the booth and he had some really interesting things to say. I thought he had some, you know, old man yelling at the clouds moments, which I, tend to agree with him on, but he also, I, I thought it was kind of interesting what he said about, well, let's, let's dig into it just quickly. First of all, about Aristides Aquino. Um, Aquino, who is getting yet another shot at, uh, and it's kind of going the same way it's always gone, but uh, although during the Field of Dreams game, he, he's he got a gun. He got another guy out on the bases. Did you uh, see the, the play yesterday? He caught a line drive going back in the warning track, catches it, takes two steps, plants, Guns the runner out at first base. It was it was filthy. It's almost worth having him on the roster. It's almost worth having him on the roster. Almost. His highlights have been August of 2019 when he had all those home runs. Was that 2019? I think so. And then um, all the times he's thrown at guys. I mean, he's just got a gun. They need to put him on the mound. They really need to try him on the mound. I'm not. I'm, I'm not. That's not a hot take. But Eric Davis, here's what he says about uh, Aristides Aquino. I've watched him a lot. I just think, number one, he's never been willing to change. He's stuck in what he believes is the proper structure for him. And this game is about adjustments. And whenever you're fearful of change, you're not going to improve. To me, he's too big to be that tall and stiff in his batting stance. His hands don't move. All he does is become something that he taught me. And all he does is become something that he taught me. It's, it's that when you're rotational, you're robotic. And there's no freeness in his hands, which is not going to be freeness in his swings. I would spread him out, put him in his legs, lower his hands, because he's so powerful. He doesn't have to overswing to hit the ball hard. It's just a matter of him getting his bat and head closer to the zone. The only pitches he really hammers are balls that are up and over the plate because the further your head's away from the strike zone, the further your hands are. And so anyway, um, he had all these, actually I thought with pretty interesting um, technical adjustments that he would make with with uh, Aquino. And, and to me, I wondered, well, okay, maybe he's right. Maybe Aquino was not willing to adjust. Um, uh, then I thought it could be kind of like when Ted Williams became a manager and he couldn't understand why everyone couldn't uh, hit like he could. Why he couldn't just tell him. Eric Davis, Eric Davis is not in the Hall of Fame, but he is as talented a baseball player as has ever walked this planet. Injuries, lots of other things got in his way. Uh, dude had cancer and came back from it to be a productive major league player. Um, I wonder if it's just him saying, why can't he be like me? I was tall and thin and had a goofy stance and I hit balls all over the place. I, I wonder if there's some of that, but on the other hand, I thought it was interesting how into the, into the details he got. Did you, did you find that interesting, Nate? It just, um, we, we've seen it firsthand for you know years now, but you, you, we talked about Joey, how he's constantly tweaking and making adjustments. And Aquino's just been doing, having the exact same approach for three years. It, uh, it, it boggles the mind. So I don't know if what Eric Davis said is true. If, you know, he's, he's never been willing to change. That's, that's a lot to say unless, you know, you yeah, know I don't know. Fact. And either right. way, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say all that by all accounts. Like, you know, it seems like a wonderful, wonderful human being, the beloved in the clubhouse, but you, you got to try something different. <laughs> if you can't hit <laughs> what you're doing, right. is not working. Uh, yeah, I wonder if, if his uh, early success made him think that's the only way to success. But we talk about it with pitchers all the time, with Lodolo, 
with uh, Hunter Green, you know, you have to adjust. You just have to because the other guy, the other guys are getting paid too. And so, um, I don't know. I, th- I thought it was really interesting to hear him go on the record about that. Um, and, and, and maybe it's confirmation bias, but I think about what I've seen from Aquino. I'm like, Oh, he may have a point, but on the other hand, I'm wanting to say, well, you know, I don't know. Maybe it's just Eric Davis being Eric Davis because he's, I mean, that guy, he worked hard. He absolutely worked his butt off and he played harder than anyone on the field. That's why he got hurt so much. But, uh, part of the reason why, but, um, but he also had just a natural ability that just well he was I mean the guy was Willie Mays he was he just couldn't stay healthy um, started out as a shortstop so that gives you hope exactly what's going to come to the a future the Reds are going to have thirteen Davises <laughs> right well that, they asked him that question on there and he was like well you know yeah you can move them around um, I, I, some people are mad about the Reds in in their most recent hauls they got some hauls. At the, at the trade deadline, and they got a bunch of shortstops. And uh, go get shortstops, Nick Crawl. Get as many as you can. We'll move them elsewhere. Anyway, so uh, other things Eric Davis said quickly, um, he did not like um, the pace of play rules in the minors. He did not like um, the ghost runner in, uh, you know, that, that's using ex- extra innings in Major League Baseball. And actually a great point. Uh, I think you have to earn all your runs. You shouldn't just be given anything at the ultimate level, MLB. So I don't really like that. If you can't get on first base, this game's not a given. You have to earn that. That's a, the best argument against the stupid ghost runner that I hate. And he doesn't like the uh, the designated hitter. He does not like the DH. <laughs> Do you want to read his up. quote? You want you want us to give his quote or you want me to? You said, Davis added that he's never been a fan of the designated hitter. I don't think they move around. I don't think they ever get tired. Everybody's out there sweating. You're in here riding a bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Crack oh, me up. Davis. I don't think no, Mike Moustakis is in there riding a bicycle. Oh, yeah. So if, if you don't know about Eric Davis, because we have a lot of kids, and by kids, I mean people younger than me, which are you know not kids in these days, but – if you don't know Eric Davis, I don't know whether we need to trust his opinions, but uh, I agreed with pretty much everything he said. Um, just a legend. Just uh, honestly, the single best baseball player I've ever seen in a Reds uniform. And that's, I mean, of course, it really the only ones in that conversation are, I would say, uh, Larkin, Barry Larkin, Joey Votto, and Jose Rio, maybe. Well, obviously Adam Dunn. I, never mind. Yeah, he's second to Adam Dunn. Eric Davis. So, I don't know. I thought I thought that was interesting. Um, other news of the week before we finish up our our questions. Uh, if you want to talk about DJ Friedel and Donovan Solano, you go right ahead. Can we talk? Can we talk about Jonathan India quickly? Yeah, we can do that. Just we probably should mention it. Got hurt in that uh, Field of Dreams game. Was airlifted to the hospital, and then the Reds did what they always do, which is we're not going to do anything. We're just going, to you know, not replace him on the roster. And everybody was getting upset about it. Uh, and I was like, we've seen it a thousand times, but he came back and played, so he's presumably okay. But got airlifted to the hospital out of yeah. uh, Dyersville, Iowa. That's a scary headline when you're like, they were afraid that the altitude was going to mess with the swelling in his leg. I'm like. Did something happen in that game where Jonathan Indy's legs are going to literally blow up? 
Yeah. I was like, wait, what? What did what did I just hear? Like Iowa's um, a weird place, man. The corn. It's always the corn. It's the corn. It is the corn. Um can I tell you what I thought? Uh, last last point on the Field of Dreams game. The most amusing thing to me is we've uh, complained here, and everyone complains about the blackout rules for MLB, and uh, and someone uh, maybe it was our friend uh, Phil uh, Phil Razor on on the Twitters, who uh, who noted the Reds and the Cubs are both blacked out in Iowa. You can't you can't watch Reds and Cubs games in Iowa, so they brought them to you. What are you complaining about? They brought them to Iowa since you can't watch them on tele television. As my Son would have said. Um, no, nah, I, I was going to maybe mention TJ Friedel because he's back and because there's a good story around how he was uh, drafted. But really, do we? Uh, no, I don't. Google it. Google it. Google the story about TJ Friedel's, uh, dra- what happened around the draft. It's just not, I can't do it. Let's answer some more of these questions and then finally get out of here. I'm sick of talking to you, Nate. Who do these questions come from? These questions, the next few here, come from our friends at patreon.com slash riverfrontcincy. Nailed it. Again, Nate, that's patreon.com slash riverfrontcincy. Uh, you know, if, if, you, if you only go there and hit that bottom level, just you can hang out on our Slack channel, it's worth it. First question comes from our buddy Joey Gaditza. Our, you know, I'm going to say he's our favorite Canadian. He's ahead of Joey Votto. He's our favorite Joey from Canada. He's actually our friend. He is. He is a great guy. Hey, guys, I'm replacing my deck door this weekend. I don't have a door on my deck. Of the current Reds players, who would be the most fun to help with the project and drink plenty of beer with Ooh. while working? Which Red would be the best to like, do a deck project with? Nate? What? Well, we saw firsthand in Jonathan India having a blast with some cold adult beverages in his hand last off season. So we know he can do it. There's evidence, but you're going to get done with the project a lot quicker. If you invite Graham Ashcraft over, cause he's going to bring the poppers <laughs> smelling sauce to get you real jazzed up to finish this project. So I think if you invite both or either of Jonathan India or Graham Ashcraft, you're in for a good time. Okay, I, I think that's certainly a reasonable answer. My answer was going to be Cal Farmer, just because kind of a workmanlike guy, you know. Yeah, he uh, he shows up every day and he does the best he can. And um, I don't. I'm trying to get the Cal Farmer stands to uh, quit yelling at me on Twitter. Essentially, is why I said said Cal Farmer. <laughs> I think you know, like I was going to. You're going to ask him to do one part of the project and then eventually say, Hey, can you move on to this other part? And he's going to get real sad about it and probably like tweets from other people. <laughs> Whine a little bit because he's being made to move on to the different part of the project. Oh, Kyle, a little word of advice to our friends out there in, uh, in riverfront land. If you tweet something about Kyle farmer, my advice to you would be to, uh, either misspell his name, or use asterisks for some of the letters in the name because he searches his name every day. And he, uh, you know, like hate likes anyone that says anything bad about him, which is fine. It's just, I don't do it if you want. I don't care. But uh, if you don't want that, uh, if you don't want him retweeting you for saying bad things or liking things, uh, just maybe don't spell his name right. That's why we are a pro Kyle Farmer podcast. Love you, Kyle. Love you, Kyle. 
farm. I'll say this of all the farmers on the current roster, he's one of my two favorite. That seems something. Fair. Seems fair. Alan Buck. Top two. James Urban. Do we know where James Urban lives, by the way? He's in the state of He's in Alabama, Alabama right? Georgia. I think it's Alabama. Yeah. I think it's I think it's Alabama. And the reason I asked that, he's one of our friends at patreon.com. His name is James Urban, but if he's not living in Little Rock or Birmingham, he probably should be James Rural. Sorry. You I, are fired. You're fired. <laughs> I, I do apologize, James. Thank you. Thought about this the other day. What, if any, are some changes to the game of baseball you guys would like to see? I just feel like it's not as exciting in its current state to me anymore. wonder if any of you felt the same or if it's just me. You want to take this one or you want me to dive in? I got two quick ones. One, stop messing with a stinking ball. Just have a ball. Amen. It's the same ball all the time. We don't need different balls, different innings or games or even seasons. One ball. Two, ban the shift. I hate the shift. It annoys me. It has led to just a, a, an ugly brand of baseball being played. I don't know how you want to do it, pie charts or what, but you're, you're taught your entire life to hit line drives up the middle, and that's a good thing. And then all of a sudden, it's not anymore, and I don't like it. There's my two. All right. All right. Those two. The first one, um, I'm not surprised that finally we're at the point where Nate's talking about balls on the podcast. The second I'm one. 53 minutes in. It's, it's, it's late, if anything. <laughs> um, I, I feel guilty here because for many years, I, I was pro-analytics and pro, you know, the Reds need to do this. And and because and the Reds, I do still think the Reds need to, need to be heavily into analytics, but the fact of the matter is analytics, sabermetrics, which I championed, uh, have ruined, not ruined, but they've made the game less fun to watch. It's just a fact. I mean, yeah. I understand. I think teams need to be trying to maximize all their, you know, the, you need to try to be scoring runs the, the best way possible, but the game is not as much fun to watch. And I, I fall into danger of being the old man yelling at clouds by saying this, but the fact of the matter is um, stolen bases and, you know, singles and doubles guys actually getting on base and moving around the bases. It's more fun. For, it, it, it's not the most efficient way to score runs. That's obvious. The math tells us that, but it, it's more fun to watch in terms of a spectator sport. So I feel guilty because I've been all on that train, but the fa it's the truth of the matter is it's just not as much fun to watch. And baseball is going to have to have to uh, address that. And so the the pace of play stuff doesn't bother me. I, when I go to watch a game, I don't, I don't care. I'm, I'm I'm all in. I'll watch a game. But if but if there's not more excitement nor more action during the game, that's the problem. It's not the fact that it lasts yeah. three and a half hours. It's that during that three and a half hours, there's not they're not doing anything. People watch football games for four hours and those games have less action in them than most baseball games. But in between their little meetings where they huddle up and, and talk about things. Hey, Joey Burrow, can you throw a pass to me? Um, I'm not sure that's how the way huddles go. I've never been in, in a huddle since <laughs> I was on the junior varsity football team. But, um, but once they get out of that meeting, there's real action and baseball has gone away from the actual action. And I think that's the problem, not how long it lasts. People will watch a game that lasts a long time. The NFL has proven that. But give me some action in between. So so whatever you do, it has to be to get more action in the game, not to shorten it. 
That's my opinion. I love it. Take all your sports channels and every time have an agreement with MLB Network, ESPN, all of them, the local ones. Anytime Shohei Otani is up to bat, it just cuts through to every sports channel. You get to watch it. Watch this guy play baseball. Oh, my. That that's a that's a great idea. That they should put a little thing in the corner of every MLB game across every network. Whenever Shokei comes up, whenever Mike Trout comes up, whenever whoever, all the stars of the game, they should put that in the corner of the game. That's a great way to market the game. That's an interesting idea. I'll, I'll be here all night. Oh, Shohei. Can we transition this to a Shohei podcast? I think there's time. We got the colors. We're we're good there. Yeah. He has to stay in red. Maybe he will be after next year. There's time. <laughs> He's suffering through what Joey Votto has suffered through, which is a garbage organization that's not taking advantage of his talents. And also, he has a teammate that may be the best player in the history of baseball. And if we think what the Reds have done is to Joey's bad, that's really bad. All right. Um, Mike Perry. Mike says, I was thinking about Phil's comments about moving the team. That's, that's, that's Phil Castellini. Oh, we've not talked about him in a while. I was thinking about Phil's comments about moving the team, and it made me wonder something. This is actually a great question, Mike. Um, which do you think would be better? A consistently bad Reds team that stays in Cincinnati or a consistently competitive Reds team that is in another city? That's a, I don't know that we've actually addressed that question, but that's a pretty good way to frame you know, he, he was like, where are you going to go? You know, um, mm-hmm. we're going to have to move the team if we want to spend money on them. Well, which is better? I have an answer, but I'm interested to hear what you think. Nate. First off, I wish that Chris, Bill, maybe Joe Farstein were on here so they could answer it living in the area. I, I yeah, just local don't, guy, feel, right. I don't feel qualified because <laughs> when you live in the city that you're talking about, everything, you know, the pulse – just it means so much more you're so much more entrenched so yeah i just can't i can't speak on what that would mean to the people of cincinnati if it were to get moved but they are like they currently have a consistently bad team so one of those we know how that looks yeah and and for those of you that are new to the show thank you for for joining us but nate and i grew up on the eastern kentucky border essentially so the reds were our local team but you know, we're not Cincinnatians. We've never pretended we're Cincinnati. That's why I started a website called Red Leg Nation to join Reds fans from across the nation and, as it turns out, across the world. Um, boy, it's a good question. I mean, if the Reds were going to come to Richmond, Virginia, where Nate and I are currently located, uh, okay, bring it on. Let's have a consistently competitive mm-hmm. Reds team as the Richmond Reds. I'm all for that. <laughs> um, I don't want the Reds to move from Cincinnati. Um, even if they're quote unquote, consistently bad, um, it's a Cincinnati institution. Gosh, it's a, it's kind of a a false, uh, (laughs) um, I don't want to, I don't want to agree to your premise, I guess is what I'll (laughs) say, which is that they have to be consistently bad. But the Reds don't need to be moving from Cincinnati. And they're never, I don't think they're ever going to move from Cincinnati. I think people that claim that, are, including Phil, are just uh, gaslighting the fans. Or It's not going to happen. Baseball teams rarely move. And certainly not. no teams like the Reds that have been in a, a city for so long, they're just not going to move. So I, I want a good team in Cincinnati. But I, I think I probably take a 
Yikes. I think I probably take a consistently, using Mike's question, a consistently bad team that stays in Cincinnati. If they, go, I mean, if they go to Nashville and they're a really good team in Nashville, who cares? Well, you are in for a treat, my friend, because you Am I? Getting, you're getting it. Consistently bad team that stays in Cincinnati. <laughs> but will we well, care if they bet. move to Nashville and we're good? No, it would be – that would be it. I don't think it would be – like, why? Why would you keep rooting for a team that has consistently let you down for the majority of your life and then they uproot and leave all of those wonderful red fans behind, I think that's when you cut. You cut ties and you move on to a real franchise like the Pittsburgh Pirates. <laughs> but it's irrational. We're sticking we, – we'll stick with this team because they are in this place that was closest to us where we were born. We happened to be born somewhere that was not near the Yankees. And so they go somewhere else and we're not going to follow them. And I really don't think I would. I really think that'd be the chance. Well, what happened is I'd probably break from baseball. I don't know that I would pick another team. I think I would probably just like, I would watch baseball because I love baseball. I watch every team, but I don't think I'd have a favorite team if they moved, but I don't know. Their question sucked, Mike. I hated that. Yeah. It was a great question. Mike Perry. And also the worst question we've ever received. Do not ever ask anything like that again. (laughs) Kyle Kapler is the center fielder of the next competitive Reds team currently in the organization. Is the center fielder of the next competitive Reds team currently in the organization? My answer is 100%. Well, actually, I'm not sure if the Reds will ever have a competitive team again. But presuming that in the next, uh, in the foreseeable future, the Reds will have a competitive team, the answer is 100% yes. I hope it's Nixon Zell. Because I've been open about my bias for Nixon Zell. I hope it's him. But if not, one of these stupid shortstops is going to be the next uh, center fielder. That's my answer, Nate. How wrong am I? Slightly different direction. We're recording this on Thursday night. There is still time before this publishes on Friday. Billy Hamilton is a free agent. Bring him back. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. You just... Nate, I thought I couldn't love you more, man. Speak it into existence. Come back, Billy. Comic book superhero, Billy Hamilton. Wow. He is a free... Why wouldn't the Reds sign him? Why does it hurt? You know, they, they, they squander every opportunity they can. They give $10 million to Mike Miner when they could have given Johnny Cueto 4.5. Yes, please. He's been lights out this year, by the way. They signed Tommy Pham when they could have brought back Billy Hamilton. Okay, Tommy Pham is probably going to put more runs on the board than Billy Hamilton, but who cares this year? Merge them into one player, Tommy Hamilton. (laughs) Tommy Tommy Hamilton. They would slap an opposing player quicker than anyone's ever slapped it. Be the fastest slap of all time. Bring Billy back. I love me some Billy. That's another guy. What happens, Phil, when you don't try out this terrible team? Now we have to start talking about (laughs) merging former Reds. Oh, I loved your answer, though. Billy, baby. Um, uh, 
that's another one that I've always been upfront and honest with everyone on this show over 439 episodes. Is that where we are? Yeah. Good Lord. Um, I know Billy is, has flaws as a player, but they should sign him to a lifetime contract. Mostly because his accent is worse than mine. <laughs> Hooper Powell. Hooper Powell, what's bigger, Phil Castellini's ego or the Taco Bell menu? Two things. Number one, nothing on earth is bigger than Phil Castellini's ego, although it got smacked down a little bit uh, in, in uh, this spring. Second, um, I love me some Taco Bell in college. I do not remember the last time I ate at Taco Bell, so I can't discuss their menu. Nate? Phil's ego is larger than the Cheesecake Factory menu, which I have on good authority. It's quite large. I have seen that menu more recently than I've seen a Taco Bell menu, although it's been a while. It's big news, big news. Yeah. Uh, Hooper, we love you, man, but uh, the question is obviously oh. Phil. All right, we're we going to run through a couple uh, questions. You got some Twitter go questions, too. Yeah, you want to go ahead and uh, give us the first one? Yeah, again, twitter.com slash riverfrontcency, or as they say on Twitter, at riverfrontcency. Follow oh. us. Uh, we'll take your questions. Nate, what's the first one? This is the only time where it's acceptable to read the comments. First one is from <laughs> Jay Schiffman. He said, I'm going to the Red Series here in Philly next week. If I took a sign, what should it say? And he said, free the Reds, hashtag sell the team, Bob. You got two good options right there. Free the Reds is a good one. I don't know how you it free is. them. Make the tickets free so people will show up. Um, <laughs> the only way to get them in the stadium. I don't even think that would get people in the stadium. Picture sell of the Phil, team, Bob. poop emoji, and then just LOL. <laughs> Phil, sell the team, Bob. Shirt. That's not a bad That's idea. A sell the team, Bob. You know what I think you should you should do? Um, as I try to figure out how to get that image off the screen, if you're not watching on YouTube, uh, sorry, you have to deal with it. Uh, have you seen this meme? I just hope both teams have fun. <laughs> I think that's the sign you need. Yeah. I just hope both teams have fun. Who cares? The Red, who cares? The Reds win. If the Reds win, good, whatever. They're going to get to fourth place. Who cares? I just hope both teams have fun. I hope all the fans have as much beer as is necessary to make them happy. Just have a good time. Baseball can be fun. That's the sign. I just hope both teams have fun. That's what you, and as a matter of fact, if you will send me the picture of you saying, I just hope both teams have fun. I promise you we will, uh, we'll publish it here. We'll put it on Facebook, Instagram, on uh, Twitter, everywhere. Uh, Jay. And I'll Venmo you cash for a beer. <laughs> Actually, if you will send that, if you will show that sign, I will Venmo you the cash for a beer. I just hope both Love teams it. have fun. All right. The next yeah. question. Oh, you good? Go ahead. No, I, I haven't even looked at these, so I'm I'm not prepared. Go ahead. We got from Dylan Huff. He asks, opening day roster next year. Do you want to run quick position by position? <laughs> we Stevens. can, but I'll say this. I'm not sure we know because – all right, this is unknowable because of the way the Reds are currently run. But let's go starting starting positions. Tyler Stevenson, catcher, yes. Joey, yes at first. Done. Jonathan India. India. Oh, this is easy so far. Third base. 
Kyle Farmer. Kyle Farmer got to be right. I think he brings I mean, Kyle going, Farmer. It's gonna be, yeah, yeah. Shortstop. Um, I'm, I'm gonna say Barrero. I think so. I'm nervous about Barrero, but no one else is ready for opening day next year. Yeah. Ellie De La Cruz, this dude. Yeah. I mean, he might be ready. Oh my gosh. Go on a quick tangent. Did you watch any of these? Please go on the Ellie De La Cruz tan tangent. I'm sorry, they, but you're always welcome to go on an Ellie De La Cruz tangent. They televised the Chattanooga Lookouts game yesterday on MLB TV. So I actually got to watch it live a little bit. And then, I mean, he crushed yesterday. Today, he swung on a 3 0 pitch and hit it over the batter's eye, I mean, just south of 500 feet. The guy is insane. I, I, just, I haven't seen players that look like him. He's like, you can't even look at his double stats and take them at face value because half of them were singles that he's just too fast for. It was unbelievable. And also, if you watch that broadcast, you got to see some amazing things. There was like two kids just barrel rolling down a hill for a while. thought that was good. Uh, There's another guy waving to the camera with a T-shirt that says, I love hot moms. It was <laughs> stupid, classy, trash pandas. I love <laughs> it. It was amazing. I, yeah. I have a long Ellie, history. Ellie might be ready, but it's going to be Barrero first. I'm not sure they'll hand it to him. Um, yeah, I, I have a long history of refusing to get excited about guys that are double A and below uh, because they flame out. I mean, how many guys have been good at double A? And it's hard to be a major league player. These guys are really good. But Elliot La Cruz, I'm telling you, this guy is something I've not seen. I mean, I don't know if he, he strikes out too much, maybe. He's not taking as many walks as he needs to. So maybe he needs some triple A time to show that. Some of his improvements this year will are, are real, but he's a shortstop. He's got a gun. He. We probably should turn this into a, just a, an Ella De La Cruz admiration okay podcast. Yeah, that guy he's is just, amazing. He's going to make me forget about my boy Bird Tenowitz. <laughs> he just – if we want to get upset about what's happened with the Reds, that's fine. I have been upset, but uh, – I don't like talking about minor leaguers that much, but that guy – He's my favorite, other than Joey, Joey Votto. He's my favorite player in the Reds organization. He's just every highlight, every now there's a new highlight of him doing something crazy. So, anyway, yeah. um, outfield. Um, Nick Senzel, center field. Senzel's there. Um. <laughs> Adam Dunn. Do they bring Adam, Adam Dunn, Dunn back Dunn, to the left? Yeah. Austin Kearns, bring him back. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe I, I can't answer it. Can that Spencer Steer fella, can he play a corner outfield spot? Maybe a, re, a part of a hall. Maybe. I, my prediction is the outfielders surrounding Sinzel are people that we don't, that are not in, currently in the organization. And so who knows who they are? Yeah. The Reds. Uh, outfielders, the upper levels of the minors. I don't see anyone. It's not great. Uh, is it Aristides? Do you think Aristides is opening day starting right fielder? What do you think? Unless he returns whatever confidential documents of the Castellanis he has in his laptop bag, then yeah, probably. <laughs> um, or how about this? Do you want Aristides Aquino, who listens to what Eric Davis says and tries to make adjustments, or do you want you know, 55-year-old Eric Davis. 
<laughs> I take Eric Davis. I'll take the sto- I'll take the storyline. Give me give me Eric the Red. That's right. That's a tough one. Uh, I he's asking for opening day roster, and I can't even come up with the opening day starting nine. We're bringing Brandon Drury back. I'm okay with that. I like Brandon Drury. Who's the starting pitcher on opening day? Who's their opening day starter? Hunter Green. Hunter Green. Hunter Green. Gotta be Hunter Green. Though I can see some weird Cincinnati stuff going down when they're giving it to Ladola. I'm not going to investigate any further what you mean by weird Cincinnati stuff. That's probably. I want Hunter Green. Yeah. Sound off in the sound off in the comments. Yeah, we'll yeah, Hunter Green for sure. Inve- we'll investigate that in a future podcast. Next question from our buddies at twitter.com slash riverfront at riverfront everywhere Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, whatever. Um, no question, just thank you for helping us find the humor and the suffering. <laughs> okay, well, thank you. I appreciate that. You're welcome, Greg. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we are trying to find humor in the suffering. Misery loves company is our uh, basically our, our tagline. All right, last question here goes from Justin Fortner at Justin Fortner8. And we're going to answer this without me having read this uh, this question before. So this is going to be fun. With all this open payroll, what will the Reds front office do with it? Spend it poorly, like giving Mike Miner $10 million? Lol. That means, that means laugh out loud. Seriously, though, we have a strong farm system, so sign premium free agents either this offseason or next. Now, I'm going to presume for a moment that the Reds have a non-dysfunctional organization. The Reds have two players. I think they only have two players signed to contract for next year. Joey Votto and Mike Mustakas. I think if I'm if I'm not wrong, everyone else is, you know, arbitration or whatever. And so, again, if you want to trust the Reds, I, I do not recommend trusting the Reds. I just don't. I saw someone suggest that I think in 20 in 2024, they're going to start spending again. And I'm like, why would you think that? How would you trust the Reds? But the fact of the matter is if uh, the Reds, I don't agree with what they did by getting halls and trading everyone away. They could have competed now, but if you, had a competent person managing this organization. They have so much free space on the payroll that they really, truly could in 2024. Some of these guys, some of these shortstops start to get closer to the big leagues, but they're still going to be rookies. So, you you know, you can't count them yet, but you start filling places around them, spending some of that money on big league talent. And there's no question in my mind that they could, that they really genuinely could. Um, kind of spend some money and make this team good. So your question, Justin, what will the Reds front office do with it? I don't know what they will do with it, but there is a path to making this team good literally in two years by bringing some some real major league talent to to, to kind of supplement the, the legit talent the Reds have on the minor league level. Not all of it's going to pan out, but some of it will. So... The answer is I don't know, which is the answer to every question in the history of uh, the Riverfront. But <laughs> there's a path to a competitive team sooner rather than later if they will stay the course. Tell me why I'm wrong, Nate. I'm not going to. We're not going to end on that note. I mean, don't bet the farm on it. They uh, 
they, they probably won't, but they could. And you never know if, if the Castellanis decide to let Nick Crawl do his thing and say, hey, here's, here's your budget, go work your magic. Then they, you, you never know. We have a chance. There's a lot of young talent coming up. The, uh, the, the restraints will be off at that point as far as you know, burdensome contracts. We don't have anything but hope as Reds fans. So hope away. Yeah, I hope, to, I hope they take the extra money. They spend the rest of this season and next season just pocket that stuff. Go wild. Tell me how Tahiti is. And then in 2024, put it towards some some professional Major League Baseball players. Let's make it happen. Yeah. Sad for Joey Votto. That's the way he has to go out. But um, Sign him back, too. He gets so bring revol- him revolving $8 million a year deals until he hangs it up. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, no, I mean, I think I think that's it. Uh, I don't trust him, but uh, – and I always say, you heard me say it a thousand times in the show. Actually, probably literally probably heard me say it 439 times every single episode of the show. Hope is not a strategy. The, the Reds management goes into most seasons hoping that this guy will stay healthy and this guy will be better than he was last year. Hope's not a strategy for them. For us, as fans, hope is our only strategy. You know, we have to hope that they will, there is a path and we're going to keep watching every game. We're going to keep talking about it every week. So we have to hope that they'll, uh, that they'll do it because um, I don't think it's being unrealistic to say there is legitimately, if you give Theo Epstein, this team, he can see that path and execute it. Can Nick crawl? I have some thoughts, but the problem with the Reds in recent years has not been the general managers. It's been that the ownership won't stick to a plan. So um, if they'll stick to something here, there's a path. I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping. I'm with you. I'm going to hope. I choose I choose to hope. Any final Crawl thoughts first, Nate? He is like Obi-Wan. He is our only hope. Dear Lord, I wish you hadn't ended that way. Nick Crawl is our only hope. Yeah, final thoughts. Um, I don't know. Um, we got you know a little bit in this season left. There's still some young guys we can watch. Give Jose Barrero a break. You know he he's been up for like two weeks. It's not been good. I admit that it's been it's been bad. But you know, at the end of two weeks, Baltimore Orioles young phenom Adley Rutschman was hitting under 200 with an under 200 slugging percentage. Like give give the kids some time. Let's not. Uh, if we're going to give Aristides Aquino every opportunity in the world to punish, then let's let this guy who actually oozes talent a chance. Go Reds. Yeah, you know, go Reds. That, that's the answer. But since you mentioned that, let me just briefly say, I saw some people on the uh, on the Twitters. Again, don't ever go on Twitter. It's worse. But some people that I really like, that I really uh, uh, think uh, are, are pretty uh, pretty bright thinkers about the Reds, Start. I heard a conversation this week about like, well, what was the rush to bring him up right now? Why, you know, why not let him get over his injury and let him prove he, he can do it in AAA before bringing him up? Um, you know, what's what's the what was the rush? And and my thought was, are you kidding me? These games on the big league level mean nothing now. He's hit in the minor leagues everywhere he's went until the injury, until the hammy injury, Jose Barrero. Why not give him every single opportunity? Give him the rest of the season. If he falls flat on his face, okay. That's another data point when we try to decide who's the next shortstop or, you know, what do we do? What's the what's the downside of letting Jose Barrero fail 
at the big league level for the next three months. There's no downside, two and a half months. The downside is eh, they're going to lose some games. Whatever, I don't care. We'll learn more about what Burrell can do. Is he going to make those adjustments? You know, um, and, and maybe he will. He'll be great. And maybe he won't. And we'll be like, okay, well, he was unable to make the adjustments. Um, maybe we. And need if he's to- not, if he doesn't pan out, you know, let that be a reminder to everybody who's getting really excited about prospects. About the hall, the Reds keep getting. Jose Burrell <laughs> was a you know top fifteen prospect in baseball, um, but I still believe Burrell can be that guy. And, and but. Prove it to us. Show us. Yeah, I, I don't have any – I don't agree with those that are saying it was dumb to bring him up because they're playing him over Kyle Farmer. I really appreciate what Kyle Farmer has done for this team. He's played his butt off. Uh, I don't dislike Kyle Farmer, but he's not going to be on the next good Reds team. So and Don't invite him over to build your deck door. That's basically the only thing that we have to say for you. All right, this has been uh, The Riverfront, episode number 439. Um, you can follow us. We've talked about it everywhere. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, everywhere at Riverfront Cincy. Patreon.com slash Riverfront Cincy, where you can kind of join us and hang out with the, with the family. Uh, Nate, this was fun, buddy. Love it every time. Every time? Well, particularly those two weeks you were gone, but yeah, this is fine, too. All right, screw Nate. I'm Chad Dotson. I'm the only guy you need to know here. Whatever. Goodbye.